In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will all the kids and teenagers up through the eighth grade please come forward? Good morning. Here, sit right here so I can see you. There we go. Hey, Chloe. So you can turn this way. How are, how's everybody today? Good. Good? Are you ready for you know what? What? What am I talking about? Uh, Christmas. Christmas. You started to say Jesus, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, what, that's the answer to everything up here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it is, we are waiting for Jesus too, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm excited because of all those presents. Are you excited? Why are you excited about Jesus, though? Well, well I'm excited for Santa because I already know what he's going to give me. <laughs> you know what Santa's going to get you. What did Jesus get you? Uh, <laughs> That's a hard one, isn't it? You know what Jesus gave you? He gave you all of his love. Yeah, I'm really smart. <laughs> yeah, I know you're smart. Yeah. I know you are. So if you're smart, answer me this question. Everybody has asked this question since day one. How big is God? Is God, is God bigger than an elephant? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is God bigger than a tree? Yes. yes. Is God bigger than, I don't know, the world? Yes. yes. Is God bigger than the universe with all the stars and the planets? and everything? Is God bigger than that? It is? He is? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Okay, so tell me this. If God, is, if God is so big, bigger than an elephant, bigger than a tree, bigger than the world, bigger than the whole universe, how can he fit in his mama's belly? Well, he's a baby. He's got to grow. <laughs> but, so the baby's got to grow, but if God is so big, how did God fit into Mary's tummy? I know, God, Jesus is God. We believe Jesus is God, yes? Maybe he was just small, but his um, love was bigger than Jesus. Maybe, his, maybe he became small, and the second sentence was, his love is bigger than the universe, <coughs> right? And God is bigger than the universe, too, but God is so great that God can become little bitty like a baby. And you know why he became little bitty like a baby? Do you know why? Anybody? Why did God become so little? Why did God leave everything and become so little to fit inside Mary's tummy, his mommy's tummy? I'll tell you why. Because he loves you. That's exactly why he came. That's exactly why God came and became one of us, because he loves us. More than anything, more than anybody, God loves us. Huh? He was in a manger. That's right. You are smart. Yeah. Yeah. I've read the story. You read the story? Yeah, even I've read the Nutcracker. Oh. I watched the movie. In the Nutcracker? Is Jesus in the Nutcracker? No. 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 Okay. I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I don't know. So. But you're right. He was in the manger in Jesus. But that's why God came down and became one of us because 
His love is so great. He wanted to be one of us to show us how to be with him forever. Yes. Yeah. You believe that? Yeah. You believe that? Yeah. You believe that? You believe that? Good, because Santa, Santa Claus says, if you don't believe that, you're not getting any toys. <laughs> no, Santa didn't say that. But he does want us to believe that. Santa, Santa Claus wants us to believe that too. How great God is and how much God loves us. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. Did Jesus say that? No. No. Who said that? Santa Claus, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I get him. Uh, yeah. Santa Claus said ho, ho, ho. What did Jesus say? Um, I loved you this much. I loved you so much that I died on a cross for you. That's what Jesus said. Santa just says, ho, ho, ho. Jesus says, I love you this much. Okay? He loves us even more than that, doesn't he? When we see angels, can, they can say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Is that what the angels say? That's exactly what the angels say. All right. Thank you for coming up and sharing this time with me. We're going to listen to Deacon Jennifer now. If you want a color, you can get a packet right there from Mr. Music. Ah, the glories of a children's sermon. Good morning. And welcome, all of you. Today, we look at the story of Mary and Elizabeth. Mary's just been told she was going to have a baby that would be the savior of the world. She's not even married at this time. But it's not a question of will she or won't she. It's a question of what happens now. We're not told what emotions ran through her mind that day. We're not told why she chose to leave immediately for her cousin Elizabeth's house. And we're not told what thoughts she carried with her for that entire trek. But I can almost guarantee you that it wasn't about shouting her good news from the rooftop. Mary journeyed almost 70 miles to get to Bethlehem, to Elizabeth, rather. Why did she go to Elizabeth? Were they close? It's doubtful. But for some reason, Mary felt this was the best plan of action for this moment. I think Gabriel may have mentioned it to her first to show Mary that nothing was impossible with God. And second to nudge her to seek out another who had also had a special encounter with God. After all, there is strength in numbers. I see her in my imagination, walking in a determined frenzy to get there. What would she say? She could congratulate Elizabeth on her own pregnancy, but then the truth would still be between them. Mary's pregnancy. She could lead with that, but then what would Elizabeth say? Best to let it unfold on its own. But how should she start out? Hi, Elizabeth. Long time no see. Oh, look how wonderful you look in that maternity dress. I may need to borrow that from you soon. Enough thinking. 
but the thoughts keep rolling on. Would she even have a husband when she came back? What would she do if Joseph decided to divorce her? The law says she could be stoned to death, but surely God wouldn't let that happen. No birth, no Messiah. No. Could she raise a child on her own? Would her parents help her? Too many questions. Too few answers. She would have to trust God with all of it, with all the consequences that came from her one quiet yes. What plagues our sleep at nights? What scenarios are we struggling with as we go through our daily routines? What questions do we not have answers for? Mary understands. She's been there. When Mary arrives at the house, she calls out to Elizabeth, anticipating all kinds of dreaded responses. But Elizabeth jumps out of the door to greet her with a huge hug and a gospel moment. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. The baby in me just almost kicked itself out with joy. How exciting this is to be visited by the mother of my Lord, and how blessed you are that you believe God's call to you. Do you remember a time when someone surprised you by their response to one of your failings or one of your unanswered questions? When someone lifted you up without judgment, without reproach, and just blessed you with their kindness and love? Your heart had wings at that moment. You felt incredibly blessed. Your spirit was full. Look closely as Mary receives strength from Elizabeth and sings out in praise, you're right. I am blessed forever because God looked with favor on me, just a common girl, and gave me great reasons to be glad in these circumstances. And if God is going to do this with me, imagine what he is going to do for Israel. He's going to take the humble and raise them up just like he did for me. He's going to take those who hunger and feed them. He's going to take the poor and make them rich. That's what he did for me. And those who were proud and powerful in this world and those who were merciless are going to have to struggle with this and either change their ways or fall mightily. There's a new world coming and it begins with this baby inside me. This is the promise that was made to Israel, to us. Long ago, he's going to remember us and bring us home. All of a sudden, Mary can see the bigger picture, one that overshadows the problems that she's facing. This is no longer about her. It's about God. Suddenly, her image of God looms large over the small stuff. Suddenly, all of it is small stuff compared to what God is doing. Mary can't know what her son will turn out to be like. She can't look far ahead and see him as the great shepherd of the people or the great physician as he heals those around him. She can't possibly see him as the perfect sacrifice on the cross. 
but she can see God moving in a new way and with great purpose. She can see herself as a small part in that big stage production of redemption. She can rejoice that humanity is about to find an answer to the big question, where are you, God? As the darkness lifts from her circumstances, she sees the plan of God unfolding, beginning with this child. Elizabeth's response has given her the strength she needed to look at her circumstances as bigger than herself. Elizabeth recognized the Messiah in Mary, that greatness that was to be Jesus. And through her unconditional love and outpouring of strength, Mary can move forward. Mary will be able to handle whatever God has in store because this cousin, this woman, has reminded her that God is in control, that he is not forsaking her, but will be there with her through it all, that it will all be okay. And I think of all the lessons that we can take from this story, here is the one that resonates with me most of all today, that we are not made to walk this path alone. Yes, it is God in control. Yes, our circumstances do not dictate who we are. Yes, the plan has always been that we are more than what society sees in us. We can choose to move forward when things turn dark or bleak or scary, knowing that God is standing right beside us, walking with us through that darkness that bleakness, that unknown. No matter how things turn out in terms of economics or society or physical or emotional, we have a bigger picture that we can look to, a picture where all is made right, where the blind, the lame, and the broken are made whole again. Nothing is left to chance in God's eyes. Everything is known and has purpose. But sometimes it takes an Elizabeth to come alongside and remind us of all those things. Sometimes it takes someone to boost our spirits when we cannot dredge up another alleluia from within us. People who hold us up when we fall. We have been made for a kingdom that does not have as its ruler a man of clay, but a God of love and power and strength. And God has given us brothers and sisters to be sure that we keep that message tucked in our hearts. How long has it been since you allowed yourself to sing out with strength, my soul magnifies the Lord. God has looked with favor on the lowliness of each and every one of us, even on our backsliding, on our doubting, on our angers and fears and pessimisms. He has seen the ugliest we can be and still 
He chooses us to be his people. In our ears, we hear John the Baptist ringing out, God can make these stones into his people if he wanted to. But he doesn't. God wants us. He shows his mercy to those who fear him, for those who recognize their shortcomings and grieve that they do not feel worthy. He takes those humble enough to climb into his arms and lifts them up to greater heights. He gives the poor a wealth that has nothing to do with money and power. <clears throat> and those who think that their greatest achievements are here on earth are left struggling with the emptiness that is the product of a life given to the grasping for success. He is the strength of those who lean on him for their worth. But it's hard to focus our eyes on the almighty God when so many things scream in our ears for attention. We do live in a world where power and wealth are acclaimed as everything. But in the end, all the power and wealth of the world cannot give you what God can. We do live in a world where the one with the biggest toys wins. But wins what? In the end, it turns to dust. We do live in a world where the God of the moment falsely promises to give us what we truly want and truly need. But these things cannot give what they promise. And even when we do try our hardest to follow Christ and make him known to others, things happen. Bad things. Unexpected things. Tragic things. Confusing things. If God is for us, then why? And it is ever so easy to say, I know, trust God in those times when pain is so prevalent, but it is ever so hard to do. Bills have to be paid. Debts come due. Loss is inevitable. Faith is in short supply. Mary had faith. No one can deny that. But even with that faith, her resolve must have weakened and faltered as she headed toward her cousin. Even with faith, our resolve can get stretched pretty thin. How merciful was God that he gave her Elizabeth to bolster her back up, to remind her of the immense privilege and honor she had been given, to remind her of the one to whom she belongs. How merciful is our God that he gives us a kingdom of fellow travelers to be there with us as we go through life. Mary sings out to God with a gusto she had not felt on her way to Elizabeth's. She sings out with the assurance that all will be well, if not in this life, then in the next. Whatever the world may throw at her, Whatever the world may throw at us, 
all can rest assured that nothing surprises our God. Nothing is out of his hands. Nothing happens that he cannot handle. It is all in his working plan. Our strength is indeed in our God and the great things he has done for us. And his strength can be found in the brothers and sisters who surround us, sharing our life, keeping us grounded in him. Amen.